Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us. Earlier this week, we posted on social media about North Dakota being a part of this COVID-19 vaccine pilot project. I put it up there and thought, hey, this is kind of interesting. And it went berserk on social media. I mean, over 600 comments on Facebook, a ton and ton of shares. So we saw that, hey, this is a topic that is very, very important to you and your family. So we reached out to a couple of very special guests that are part of this uh, planning, if you will, of the COVID-19 pilot project. We had an outstanding conversation with them about what does this really mean for the people of North Dakota and our tribal nations. Joining us today to talk about this COVID-19 pilot project in North Dakota. It has been a very, very hot topic. So join us right now. I've had a couple of meetings this week we're going to be talking about, but Molly Howell, she's the immunization program manager for the North Dakota Department of Health, and of course, our good friend Scott Davis, the executive director with the North Dakota Indian Affairs Commission. So, to both of you, thanks so much for joining us on a you know kind of short notice and uh, talking about such a hot topic. So, Molly, I'm going to start with you because we posted something on on social media and it just went everywhere. So, I think what people are wondering is why was North Dakota chosen for this project, and what exactly does this project mean for the people of North Dakota? Yeah, thanks for allowing me to kind of clarify that. So North Dakota was selected as a pilot project for planning for the COVID-19 vaccine when it eventually becomes available in the United States. Uh, the reason North Dakota was selected is because of our strong immunization program and also because they wanted to go to a state and really get input from tribes and Indian health services facilities. Uh, in the COVID-19 planning process. And North Dakota has a good relationship with the tribes and that's why North Dakota was selected. So you had a couple meetings this week, if you can walk through for our audience, um, who was in the meetings? What's the agenda? What are you guys talking about? Yeah, so this week on Tuesday and Wednesday, CDC and other federal partners, including the Department of Defense and Indian Health Services were in North Dakota. And we did have a, an in-person meeting and we also had partners join from a distance. And I will say at the in-person meeting, we were all masked and socially distanced in the meeting. And um, other partners included local public health. Uh, we had members from the Pharmacy Association and the Board of Pharmacy, Long-Term Care Association, as well as our tribal partners. And we were discussing um, all aspects of planning for when COVID-19 becomes available, COVID-19 vaccine becomes available, including how will it be distributed? How will we maintain the cold chain for the vaccine and ensure that it's appropriately stored and handled? How are we gonna communicate with the public about the vaccine? How are we gonna track immunization rates? Um, so we talked about a variety of topics around uh, COVID-19 vaccine planning. Scott, I promise I'm going to bring you here just in a moment. And also, if you're just joining us, if you've got some comments, you can post them on our social media and we'll get to those um, in a little bit. But one other thing, Molly, I think many people here, you said, hey, yeah, the Department of Defense was here as well. And they're like, wait, what? Why, why is the Department of Defense involved? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so at a federal level, the Department of Defense has played a large role in the project called Operation Warp Speed to um, bring on a COVID-19 vaccine and they are involved in planning and the Department of Defense has a lot of expertise in logistics and distribution. And so um, they were able to bring a lot of important information about uh, logistics for how vaccine can be distributed. 
So Scott, we'll go to you kind of through uh, divine intervention. Uh, Scott called me this afternoon and he's like, hey, Berg, how are you? And we start chatting. He's like, yeah, I really want to talk about this COVID-19 vaccine pilot project. I said, hey, we've got Molly on this afternoon. Do you want to join us? Um, and I'm glad you could, Scott, because some of the things you shared with me were, were pretty shocking. So if you want to share with our audience, you know, what you said to me, what the conversation is around this vaccine and what's happening within uh, our tribal nations. Sure, Chris. Uh, yeah, thanks for, for having me today. And, um, and uh, good to see Molly again. Uh, we've been on meetings this morning and, and the, with the CDC, like, like, like she said here the last couple of days. But, you know, there's been a lot of misinformation out here, Chris, on this. Uh, a lot of, uh, I'll just say, terrible social media posting of what this means and how the state is going to mandate this to the tribe, force this, this study on the tribes and ultimately force this vaccine on the tribes and it's not true totally totally false again we were selected because of multiple reasons as as molly said and at the end of the day if the tribes choose to join us in this study in this pilot project by all means you know the governor has been very clear from day one of of, of our partnerships and the relationships and so forth and even during this pandemic you know we're testing today up at mha we're testing it today up at turtle mountain tomorrow we'll be down in stanarok again so every week we're testing in partnership, in partnership with the tribes. And so when the CDC thing came out, the governor was very clearly, hey, we got to include the tribes because the tribes are always left out. And, and kudos to him for, again, uh, making sure that the tribes have a, have a voice. You know, he's not speaking on their behalf by no means, but hey, make sure the tribes are included if they want to be, if they choose to be part of this uh this pilot project so because at the end of the day chris the tribes are, they're gonna have their own they have their own processes their own uh uh internal review boards you know irb as we call them to review verify if this vaccine is is a proven if it's um if it's the right vaccine um and they're gonna do they're gonna administer their vaccine how they see fit through the cdc through the indian health services and maybe perhaps with the state that's that's their choice you know so again the state is not uh, forcing this because, and, and the other thing that is, Chris, I understand where, where my people are coming from. I, you know, this, because of the history, you know, we've been used as, as experiments in a lot of, a lot of trials and stuff with our own knowledge and that's proven history. And so there's a lot of mindsets out there, that feelings that, uh, that this is uh, going to happen again. And from coming from a state perspective, from my office, that's not going to happen. That's not, that's not the point of this. So, so again, um, governments, tribal governments have their own way, their own processes, and if they want to join us in partnership on uh, on how to administer this vaccine, they're they're welcome to do that. So Molly, I think Scott brings up something very interesting. He says, "Hey, look, if the tribes want to participate, they can." Yet the people of North Dakota weren't given a choice. Governor Bergen basically just said, "Hey, look, we're going to be part of this project," uh, and there was really no choice for the people of North Dakota to make on this. And you know better than I do that people are. There's a lot of trepidation about this possible vaccine. So what do you what do you say to the fact that we didn't have a choice? Well, again, we're just planning for when a vaccine becomes available. So at some point, most likely in the United States, there will be a COVID-19 vaccine and it will be distributed equitably across all states um, just because we're a part of this planning pilot project does not mean North Dakota will receive it first. And so um, it was just to plan on how we will distribute it. Um, there's been no discussion of mandating the vaccine in any way. 
Um, it really was just a planning meeting and an opportunity for the state to get some additional technical assistance and get some questions answered about the COVID-19 vaccine. And then also we were able to provide feedback back to the federal level about um, what our concerns are or what our opportunities are for the COVID-19 vaccine. So what are your concerns? Well, I think some of the concerns, um, it's possible some of the vaccines in the pipeline have very low cold storage, even down to negative 70 degrees. And so um, just concerns around, you know, how do we maintain that storage and handling? A lot of the freezers that are out there in healthcare provider offices uh, at local public health departments don't necessarily have that storage capacity. So that was one of the examples. Um, we wanna make sure whatever vaccine is distributed, we wanna make sure that it's safe and, and, and we want there to be a transparent process to make sure it's equitably distributed across all states and, and even within North Dakota. So we were able to provide feedback on those issues as well. And when do you see a COVID-19 vaccine being available for the people in the United States? Well, I think that's um, one of the questions that we also had for our federal partners. Um, the vaccines are currently in clinical trials. And so it's really unknown um, when a vaccine exactly will be available. Uh, for planning purposes, we've been told to plan for as early as October of 2020. I think a more realistic timeline is probably the end of this year or early next year, but it really, we won't have a vaccine until it comes out of phase three clinical trials and it's approved to be released. And so we really need to wait and see um, that we have a safe vaccine and an effective vaccine after the clinical trials. So we're getting a lot of questions and Scott, we'll have you jump in as well here in a moment. But, you know, someone here, Melissa says, hey, if the COVID-19 vaccine is found and does not prevent transmission, why would there be a rush to distribute it? Other people are saying that there's a much lower mortality rate than initially thought with this. So, again, why rush it? So, Molly, for novices like myself, kind of walk us through a normal timeline for a vaccine. And then what what will be the timeline potentially of this vaccine? Yeah, so normally vaccines do take years to be developed. Um, it's all usually done on the private market. Um, and, and I agree, they usually take years to um, come to fruition, unfortunately, because we have a number of diseases out there that I wish that we had vaccines for. Um, in terms of this vaccine, I think there's some misinformation. Yeah. Uh, COVID-19 has only been around since probably late last year, early this year, and the vaccine development, um, it seems like just started, but they're using um, a lot of previous technology. So technology that they've used for flu vaccines, um, technology that they had already had in development for um, other coronaviruses. And so, um, Yes, there, it has been accelerated. And I think one of the main things that's accelerating it is because at the same time that they're in clinical trials, they're also um, packaging the vaccine for distribution. So normally companies don't do that all at the same time. They wait to package it for distribution until after the vaccine is approved. And so the benefit of having it packaged and ready to go and manufactured is that once it's approved, then it'll be available to be distributed. So you mentioned the private market there a moment ago, Molly. I think one of the questions that is on a lot of people's minds is, 
with this vaccine, who stands or who will be making money off it? Yeah, and that's a good question. I mean, it, a lot of it, the development has been publicly funded and there most likely will be and has been a cost to the federal government for the vaccine. My understanding in the planning assumptions is that the vaccine will be distributed and it will be of no cost to the individuals receiving it. Um, providers will be able to charge uh, an administration fee and that administration fee has not yet been set by the federal government, but it will be limited similar to kind of what happened during the H1N1 influenza pandemic in 2009. So a lot of questions coming in and there's one here uh, from Tori about, hey, will, will this be mandatory? Is it gonna be mandatory for elderly, for students, for anybody once the vaccine gets here? At this time, the clinical trials for COVID-19 vaccine are not including children. So most likely when COVID-19 vaccine first comes out, it it won't even be available for children. Thank you so much to Molly and Scott for an outstanding conversation. There's a lot more to that conversation. That was just a little bit of it right here tonight. There's more up on our Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash POV now if you want to see it in its entirety. All right, be sure and stay with us because as you know, the kiddos are heading back to college. Can I call them kiddos if they're going to college? But anyways, the college campuses are going to have in-person classes this fall. So we have got the student representative from the North Dakota Board of Higher Ed, Erica Solberg is gonna be joining us to talk about some of the protocols and what you can expect as you head back to campus this fall. As always, please share your point of view with us. It's very easy to do. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.